Hi there, this is Monica Reinagel. Welcome back to the Nutrition Divas Quick and Dirty Tips for Eating Well and Feeling Fabulous. Today, we're going to take a closer look at some blood tests that claim to identify hidden food sensitivities. David writes, The other day, I was at my local pharmacy and I saw a flyer for a food intolerance testing service. And because I listen to podcasts like yours, I've learned to be skeptical and to check out the science behind the claims. Normally, he says, I would instantly dismiss a test that promises to address everything from fatigue to migraines to weight loss, not to mention one where the results include a personalized list of recommended nutritional supplements. But the fact that a pharmacy was offering it made me less skeptical than usual. Perhaps you could set the record straight for your listeners. I'd be happy to, David. The first thing we need to do is distinguish between food allergies, which are quite specific and readily diagnosable, and food intolerance or sensitivity. A food allergy, such as the type people commonly have to peanuts or shellfish, is what we call an IgE-mediated reaction. For whatever reason, your immune system has decided that a particular protein in a food is a threat, a threat so dangerous that it has developed a special reconnaissance agent, namely the IgE antibody, to be constantly on guard for it. And should that protein turn up in your bloodstream, those IgE antibodies are going to sound the alarm and your body is going to react, sometimes quite violently. Your doctor can test quite definitively for this type of allergy by looking for IgE antibodies in your blood. They are always there, regardless of whether you've just eaten the food in question. But the type of blood test David saw advertised at the pharmacists is quite different. These type of tests claim to reveal food sensitivities or intolerances. According to promoters, most people suffer from undiagnosed food intolerances, which can be a hidden cause of everything from fatigue to acne to weight gain. The test, they claim, will reveal which foods are secretly to blame for whatever ails you, and then avoiding these foods will clear up the problem. The test itself is a blood test similar to the one used to diagnose classic food allergies, but instead of screening for IgE antibodies it looks for a different class of antibody called IgG. If you have high levels of IgG antibodies to corn, for example, this would indicate a corn intolerance, or so they claim. People who pay to have this test done, and it usually costs several hundred dollars, usually get back a long list of foods to which they are allegedly either somewhat or extremely intolerant. And then the next step is to eliminate all of these foods from the diet and wait for your symptoms and your spare tire to magically disappear. In the brochures and on the websites, there are always plenty of testimonials from people who suffered from all kinds of vague and persistent health issues, all of which improved once the test revealed their hidden food sensitivities and they revamped their diets. I'm very glad that these folks are feeling better. I really am. But I don't want you spending $500 on a test based purely on anecdotal evidence. As I explained in my episode on raw milk, reporting bias, uncontrolled variables, and the placebo effect make anecdotal observations notoriously unreliable. Some manufacturers have gone a step further and done studies in which they found that people who modified their diets according to their test results have lost more weight or had improvement in other symptoms. But all of the studies I've reviewed had serious methodological problems. 
There was no blinding of the subjects or the researchers, no control groups, very poor control over variables, and many of the measures were extremely subjective. In other words, these published studies really aren't that much better than anecdotal testimony. Still, lots of people seem to think that the test helped them. Why am I so reluctant to give it the benefit of the doubt? Not because I don't believe in food intolerance, but because I don't think these blood tests are a valid diagnostic tool. Primarily because they have an unacceptably high rate of false positives. The presence of IgG antibodies to certain foods doesn't necessarily suggest that these foods are causing a harmful or inappropriate immune reaction. It's more likely to suggest that these are the foods you eat the most often or have eaten the most recently. In an article written for the website Science-Based Medicine, Scott Gavora points out that people who were allergic to milk or eggs as kids but eventually outgrew their allergies, which is fairly common, they have higher levels of IgG antibodies to these foods. In other words, the presence of those antibodies is actually linked to increased tolerance, not the opposite. Look, food intolerances are a real thing. If you are lactose intolerant, for example, you're not allergic to milk, but you do lack the enzymes that allow you to digest lactose. As a result, consuming dairy products may produce obvious symptoms like gas and cramping. Sometimes, food intolerance symptoms are not as obvious or immediate, which can make tracking down the culprits very tricky. The best way we have to diagnose authentic food sensitivities is by an elimination challenge diet, which is a lengthy and painstaking process that's really best overseen by a qualified allergist or immunologist. It would be really great if a simple blood test could offer a reliable shortcut to this process. Unfortunately, it doesn't. More likely, you'll be out a few hundred dollars and working harder than you need to, avoiding tons of foods that actually aren't a problem for you. I want to thank David for suggesting today's topic. And as a thank you, I'll be sending him a signed copy of my book, Secrets for a Healthy Diet, What to Eat, What to Avoid, and What to Stop Worrying About. It's available wherever you buy or download books. To read a transcript of today's episode, including links to more information about Elimination Challenge diets, visit nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show topic, send an email to nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com. You can also post comments and questions on my Nutrition Diva Facebook page. And as you know, I answer a lot of listener questions in my free weekly newsletter. So if you've sent a question my way, be sure to subscribe while you're on the website. I'll see you next week. Until then, be sure to eat something good for me.